Hey now, welcome to another episode of Make Defense Great Again. My name is Chris Vasser, a.k.a. Coach Vass. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have Mason Hughes show. Excited to go through your questions, ready to roll. Now, whether you're ready for a deep playoff run and your season's winding down, if you get a moment and you have an idea for a show that you want Back when we go to the long form podcast in 2020, go ahead and tweet me at Coach Vass or the show at MDGA Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you have to say, what you're wanting to learn. We're going to have quite a few shows to fill next year, and and I want to make sure that we're bringing the content that you want and you need to help you get ready for the 2020 season. Also, weekly PSA. If you feel so inclined, I'm doing uh, or collecting donations rather for my mom's uh, bills to fight against cancer. Um, you can donate by going to PayPal and sending it to coachvass at gmail.com or the cash app dollar sign Coach Vass. I really appreciate all the donations and the well wishes and mom is uh, our chemo's underway. She's fighting the good fight and. It's the beginning of a long road, so we're just we're just needing all those prayers and good thoughts, and and I I really appreciate everything that um, everybody sent so far. It's really lifted her spirit and mine, and I send all the messages and forward them uh, to her. So thank you. Well, with that being said, it's time for the show. Get into it, man. My guest today is Mason Hughes, head coach of Central Valley Christian in Visalia, California. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You're one of my uh, you're one of my few Valley friends. We had Joseph last week. <laughs> we have you this week. I'm, I'm going through. I'm burning through my uh, Valley context. I'm still. I still tell people I'm new here. So. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like I'm new here too, even though I've been here my whole life. <laughs> You have been here your whole life. How long have you been at the school you're at now? I've been there 12 years. 12 years. Oh, okay. All right. So let's go. <laughs> let's uh, get right into it. Our first question comes from Dr. Peter Newman, who's the defensive coordinator and DB's coach at St. Gertrudis Academy, or Santa, sorry, Gertrudis Academy in Kingsville, Texas. I think I told the story, but he, uh, Sent me a message. I think I asked on the pod where, like, it just said Kingsville. Like, where are you from? So he sent me like a whole map thing. It was pretty funny. So Peter's a great guy, awesome guy, um, great Twitter presence, just uh, fun to chat with. So and he's always he's always uh, asking really good questions. And in in that vein, uh, his his question this week is: When you visit a college coach or attend a clinic session, how much research do you do prior about the subject you're learning versus going in cold? So. That's a good question. I only go to places where I know what I'm going to get ahead of time because I made the mistake of just trying to learn everything. And again, you want to learn as much as you can when you're starting out, especially when you're starting out. But I went too far down the rabbit hole at some of these places and realized this is I'm never going to use this stuff or whatever. So I only go to places where I know what I'm about to get. Or I have nothing at all. So, for example, 
I kind of had a little bit of knowledge about Burt Watts at Fresno State. Well, he's 10 minutes away, so I just went. Right. The last couple of years, I've went to – so I didn't go anywhere for many years. I went to TCU twice, but then I didn't I didn't go on any visits. And in 18, I went to see – I went to Georgia and Tennessee in the spring. Then I went to Alabama and Tennessee in the summer. And then this past year, during the spring, I went to Georgia and Tennessee again. And during the summer, I went and stopped by TCU, ULL with Ron Roberts, Alabama. So I had done my homework. ULL was a little different because it was hard to get information. And I had started a relationship with Patrick Tony, and he'd kind of given me a little bit. And I, I knew that they were um, influenced by Aranda and Pete Golding and vice versa because Golding and Aranda were mentees of Roberts. So I kind of did a little research, but I either go in, I, I go in knowing what I want to ask. I watch film. And a lot of the times if you go to these colleges, they have all the concepts grouped already. So you don't have to be like, what is this? They'll have like Bama and the Saban tree. They code their call. So it'll say like five MP for five man pressure. So if you're wanting to watch five man pressure, you just sort that out, you know, that sort of thing. And, and they're very, yeah. they're very specific in what they do, and they they do a lot of tagging, so it's easy to find. Not everybody does that. So, um, but yeah, I, I I went to ULL. I sorted it by call. I tried to get like concept because sometimes if you have a stunt called, they they lump it all together. It kind of dilutes the data. And so I forgot exactly what I did, but I just started with concept one and just started from there. So I don't know what, uh, what do you do when you go visit places? Um, so yeah, I'm usually looking for something specific, uh, when, when I go somewhere, um, if we're talking, you know, just going to a clinic, um, you know, then it's usually half time, the stuff that, uh, I think I'm going to hear, maybe it's something different. So I, I usually try, just try to go in and, an open book at a clinic but um i don't do that quite as much anymore um now it's more hey i want to learn something um and and so i'll just you know call up the place and 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 go and uh you know like kind of like what you said and just sit there and you know if they're going to teach me and install something then obviously we're doing that um or if it's one of those things where you know they we've already had the communication of what i want to learn on and then they just lock me in the room and go get lunch or something and do exactly kind of what you were saying. Um, but I, I try to get specific. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm just, I'm sometimes I'm wasting a lot of time. And so, um, usually it's pretty specific. I, I remember, um, several years ago, um, I, I was at a clinic where Mike Bloomgren of Stanford was, he was at Stanford at the time. He was talking about some play they did. And we just felt, we came back and felt like we could do the same thing offensively. And, um, you know, hit him up and you know, he locked me in a room. And, you know, by the time it was done, I think he came back and asked if I had any questions. And, you know, I've kind of, I've learned at that time, oh, you can do this, right? College coaches, let you do this. And so every year I try to go somewhere and spend a lot of time at Fresno State. And um, a lot of the places that recruit our kids, you know, try to spend time with them as well. Cause those guys in the, in the spring will tell you everything. And then uh, if you can get back to them in the, in the summer or whatever's, good for you usually it's the spring again um you know trying to find out something specific that's usually what i do i i don't try to just uh i don't know if i've ever gone to a school and just said you teach me um 
you know, our right. sunny or something. It was, it was always something specific that I was looking for. Um, one thing that we do and as soon as the season's over for our high school season is, um, you know, we finally, that's the first time I'll actually watch football on TV. I, I, just, I just feel like I don't have time during this, the season. And so, you know, we'll start making YouTube cut-ups basically of stuff defensively, offensively that we like, and then see if there's stuff that we can try to learn and get, dive deeper in when we go and, you know, call the school and actually see if we can, uh, you know, really learn what they're doing. And that's something we do uh, every off season or, at, you know, at the end of our season, we'll spend basically December, you know, through the bowl season and stuff like that so that we can get in there, you know, in February, March, before they start spring ball with asking questions and stuff. So it's usually specific. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I keep a running list of stuff that I uh, I want to study in the off season on my phone, and so I ask the same questions to a lot of people. And if you listen to the podcast, especially the USA version, USA football version in the spring, I asked a lot of the same questions, and and that's one thing that's helped me is um, with the podcast, I can just turn it on and start asking questions, and people reach out, which is kind of nice. <laughs> so. Right. So, uh, Doctor Noonan, his Twitter account is at Coach Noon, like twelve p.m. noon, forty-five. So the next question comes from Mike Kerr. He is the head coach at Mount Vernon High School in Mount Vernon, Ohio. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one first. This is really interesting. He says uh, he has a question about blitzing. He says he's curious how you teach gap integrity when sending backers, and the O line moves or pulls. For instance, if you have a two I and you slam them to the B gap and then you bring the backer in the A, the guard pulls and the center's blocking back. Do you have your defensive tackle, uh, you know, chase the guard? Um, do you have them keep going? Do you have the backer across the face of the center, et cetera? So how do you teach blitzing when they move? So I'll let you take that one first. Yeah, so, I mean, we're a, we're a three three down front team. Um, but, you know, it doesn't, it wouldn't matter if I think if even if we were in four man front, but um, so, you know, we, we teach them response on all our, on all our D linemen. Um, and then what we do is on, on blitzing backers, um, we, we basically teach them the same types of response. So um, now it depends too, if it's, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a pass uh, pressure, you know, those are a little different, but we're not really concerned with gap integrity. Um, but if it's a run pressure, um, you know, so let's say the, let's say we have a, a backer blitzing into the, I can't remember what he said, the, the B gap. And he said uh, that the defensive tackle, the, so in this specific scenario, I. the two I would loop to the B and the backer would hit the A. Oh, okay. Yeah, the two I would loop to the B. So, what we would end up doing is, you know, we're going to teach that two I um, a technique that if he's if he's going to the B gap, we're actually going to teach him a technique where it'd be like um, a shade technique, like as if he was a three technique, right? So um, if he's looping to the B gap, then we're going to we're going to teach him a way to get there, but then we're also going to teach him where to put his hands when he does get there. So, for instance, if he's a two I and he's and he's looping into the B gap and that guard pulls um, out, right? That'd be the easiest. That guard pulls out. 
then he's then he's going to do a press and mirror technique and a pull follow right so like if that guy pulls he, he's, he's literally going to follow him um if he if he pulls in right across the center um then he is going to uh, use a, a technique that would be the same he's going to pull follow as if he you know across center and then the, the linebacker who's blitzing a um we we are teaching him to do the same technique but on the center and so if if he sees the center, you know, blocked down, let's say, onto the two eye, um, he, he's going to try to, you know, either get across into the opposite A um, or, or cut back into the, into the B gap because what he's assuming is that the, he's going to see the end, you know. So we blitz towards windows, and so we don't want him to run right in the back of the tackle. And so um, obviously if they, he blitzes and they're, right next to each other um you know they're going to kind of feel that out but what we're trying to do is, is guys who are blitzing against the run um we're trying to have them respond to the block still um in the beginning it is a cluster like you know they're gonna they run into each other like crazy um but what we try to do is teach them to react to open space and um i don't blitz a whole lot on situations um we 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 tend to we two gap a ton and so um i don't blitz a whole lot in run situations but that's how we teach it we only have about 10 to be honest that we do um and and so that's how we teach it and so um it's it's worked well i mean the backers obviously are not as good at um, responding to linemen like the d line are but you know if we're getting like a trap which is essentially what he's asking um you know we'll have that guard or that uh, sorry that that uh, two eye he'll end up chasing that guard back even though he was going b gap and that backer wherever he's coming from um will get across into the opposite a i don't know if that makes sense but that's how we teach it that makes perfect sense um, um so if if we can get there uh if the, if the backer beats um the the tackle's response um he's still he's going to open windows and so, you know, he's the more athletic person usually. And so, we, you know, we tell him, like, if, your, if your D lineman's butt is right there, there's go somewhere else. And uh, that's kind of how we teach it. So the responding part is the biggest thing, I think. Getting your um, – you know, getting that two-eye to be able to be going to the B-gap but then turn and follow a trap, you know, a trapping guard, it's really hard. Right. So – I'll give you my answer, and then I'm going to tell you it's wrong. So, <laughs> I'll, so I'll, I'll say this. So anything we teach our kids, we say these are your camp rules, and we teach you rules so we know which ones to break every week. So by rule, this is by rule. So to clear this out of the way, just, just to begin with, if I was running this blitz, I'm not sure. I, I think I have an answer, but I'm going to go through the rules, and then I may change my mind. So by rule, we tell any linebackers blitzing. If you're an A-gap blitzer, you never read out. If you're a B or C-gap blitzer, you will read out. So let's flip it. If the if the D tackle was in the A and the backer was in the B and the backer saw the pole, he's crossing. He's going to go find the ball. He's not going to go enter somewhere else. He's going to go find the yeah. ball. Day one, we teach our defensive tackles to cross space on back and poles. So if they're not doing that, that's a problem. Okay, so that's our base rule. So, now, 
we don't we run this specific pattern to both sides if we're bringing uh, a third down pressure if i was going to run this blitz and i knew we might get pulls again now i'm going to tell you where i'm wrong and where you know everything i just told you i would change for this blitz if i was trying to get what i think you're trying to get out of it and we actually have run this um we ran this earlier in the year and what i will say to you is this so i'm i'm just going to take it from a from a macro level again a got blitzer you're not going to read out however in this blitz I would say if you were blitzing a backer in the A and the guard pulls cross and let the B let the B gap defensive lineman stay in the gap between the center and the tackle. Now, what I'm going to tell you is this. If a guard is pulling across the tail of the center and the center is blocking back, who's blocking that mic? That's my question. There should Nobody. be a run through. <laughs> So right. we yeah, actually right. have this pattern on our watch, and it's something that I got. Uh, I don't want to get into all the specifics, but something I got from from uh, Tosh when he was at Alabama was um, we actually call it on the on our wristwatch. It says like uh, Tai Chi nuts, Mike A centers ass. That's what it actually says in the watch because. <laughs> We want that guy not hitting the A-gap straight ahead because we'll run this versus teams that run counter and power with Y-off a little bit here and there. So if you're going to block back on our three, so we line up with a G and a three, and that G is going to loop outside. So I, I said we don't run this, and now I'm thinking about it. We don't run it from the same side. We run it from the other side. So what we'll do is we'll have the G loop into the B, and we'll blitz the backer from the other A-gap, the opposite side, hitting the A gap to his side. Now, in that situation, we're going to have him run off the center's ass. So if the center's blocking back on the three, that's already the three, and the G is looping out to the B gap, that Mike is coming screaming off that center's backside, and he's in the backfield. So right. I would say if we were going to keep this, I, I want to know who's blocking that Mike hitting that A gap because he goes to block the A, the center's back, the guard's pulling. If you blitz off the tail of the center, you're in the backfield. Now, I don't know. I mean, again, is this one back power? Is it two back power? You know, are they running counter? I mean, I know that doesn't make a huge right. difference. But that would be what I would say. So to answer yeah, the question succinctly, I would run off the center's butt. And if I couldn't, if there was no run through, I would, I would have them read out as an exception to an established rule. Final answer. What were you going to yeah. say, Mason? That, 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 so while you were talking, I was, I was drawing what you were saying and that that's what we do. So, so because, because what happens is that guard pool, there is no, you know, there's like no a gap anymore where the center's face is going, you know, that, that a gap's gone. And so going off your the center's butt, like you were saying, like that, that, that's what the linebacker needs to do. You know, you see, there's no reason to go run yourself into a block. That doesn't make any sense. And so what, what you said is exactly what we teach. Now we do it out of, not of a you know not of a G you know but out of like four techniques and five techniques but the same the same idea right good stuff man so let's go to our next question uh, and and by the way 
Uh, great question, Coach Kerr. Coach's Twitter handles at Coach underscore Kerr underscore M, as in Mason. V is in Vass. Okay, this next question is from my favorite, Lucas Kreinstrat. I don't know how to say it exactly, so I always like to say it like that. He's a defensive. <laughs> it reminds me of Schweinsteiger from the German team. All right, Lucas is the defensive coordinator, linebackers coach at. Gustavus Adolphus College in St. Peter's, Minnesota. His Twitter handle is at Coach Lucas Klein. That's K-L-E-I-N. His question, what are the advantages slash disadvantages of playing an under front and a bare front versus over and two back 21-22 personnel as a 4-3 defense? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Prayers to your mom. Hope she's well. Thank. First of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm going to say something spicy. I'm going to say something a little problematic, and people are going to get mad, probably get mad at me for it. So it's not true. I think an overfront's better, and here's why. Well, let me let me split this, okay? Let me split this question. First of all, if you're talking about 22 personnel, and you're talking about balanced 22 personnel, so double tights, one receiver, not pair of tight ends, it doesn't matter if it's over and under go together because one side's going to be an over and one side's going to be an under. Or unless you're going to play an over and play three linebackers off the ball, now that would scare me. But if you're going to bring one of those guys down, it's you're either under to the split end or you're under to away from the split end. So that, to me, they go together. And then there's bear. If you're going to run the bear against 22, it's do you have a second guy that can play the stand-up seven technique? I will be very honest with you. In the year 2019, I'm not a huge fan of teaching those stand-up seven techniques. If you're talking about the the bear bear, where you're talking about 46 with the stand-up seven technique, because we don't see a lot of that stuff anymore. And so teaching that technique, although is great, is a pain in the butt. I ran it for years. I ran it from 2008 to about 2015 until it became a situation in my area where it just didn't make any sense to do anymore it just wasn't it, i wasn't getting the mileage out of it and especially teams are arcing for power now you got to teach that guy to step out and then go back inside it's, it's it's not a winning business model now if you're talking about 21 personnel i'm gonna have probably the least popular opinion in the room if you said you can run the bear the over or under i'm taking over with the exception that we're going to play a three and a six, and then we're going to walk up our Sam, our strong safety, whatever you want to call on the line. We're going to play quarters, and if he gets a down block, we're going to spill. So for those of you not taking notes, which you know the drill, you should have a notebook out because everything we say is important. That's why I said it. If you are looking at what I'm talking about, you basically have an overfront three six with an underfront Sam linebacker. So now nobody's running over there. And if you could tell me, I'm sure there's some smart coach on here that's listening that's chuckling himself. Be like, well, wait till you see this play. I ran three, six, spilling nine. And again, the nine only spills on the down block. If he blocks out, he keeps the outside. The safety who's anywhere from six to 10 yards off, three yards outside the tight end will fill outside in, but inside of the Sam. If the tight end is down, the Sam is going to, we call it stack and press. He's going to spill the ball outside. The safety is going to go straight ahead. I love it versus two backs. It's quarters to the to the uh, strong side. Now people say, "Oh, what about power pass?" We basically said that tell the backers, especially if they're real good at it and they're down blocking. Uh, if the, if they're really making it look like power, 
backers, you have the backs. End of story. But the reason I like it is because, one, again, the bear. You, the stand-up seven takes forever. But I like the over because you only get one double team at the point of attack on power. You double the three, you have to single the nine, or I'm sorry, single the six, and kick out the nine. If teams arc you, then fine, because our defensive ends read the tackle. So you can arc us all night. If our guy's doing his basic job, which we teach day one, there shouldn't be a problem. But you never know. In the under, you have two double teams at the point of attack. Now, if they're a true gap team, because he didn't, he didn't say what, what plays they run. So I'm going to assume 21 personnel is going to, let's say, counter power gap scheme. Not then. I mean, I'd still play the same thing. To me, it's no big, not a big deal, but whatever. So if you're playing a team that is a true down-down scheme, then they may not double your five because they may not take your tackle out to the tight end. But in the year 2019, where you're not getting a lot of true gap down, because I hear these wing T guys, and, and again, I don't want to disparage anybody, but they say, we, oh, no, we would take care of that. We're gap down backer. And then as soon as you put an under front, the tackle steps out and blocks the five. And it's like, well, that's not gap down backer. So if you're gap down backer, the... I guess the theory would be, well, you're still going to get a single because you're not going to double the five. You're going to single down the five with the tight end and take the five. I'm sorry. You take the right guard or right tackle, rather, up to the second level. Well, I don't see many teams that do that. As soon as you give them an under, they double the one or they down block the one with the with the play side guard um, and they double the five at the point of attack and they can get movement with no pull power or some other things. Now, if you're going to pull the guard, obviously, they're going to have to block back, but I've seen teams that cut their split down the backside. They scramble the backside three, block back with the center, or they actually take the center play side, double the G, double the five, and wrap the guard up, and you're, and they're out, out the gate. So that's why I personally like the over front because you're real thick in the C gap where they want to run the ball. They can't they can't pull up inside unless they're going to try to run A gap ISO. Uh, yeah. I will tell you my own experience. iPad, we used to play 4-4 Robert coverage, and I've talked about this before. We played 4-4 Robert. We played Bear. We brought four from the side. We did all this crap versus 21 personnel. And when I went to what I just told you, we ran that, and we slanted the front of the tight end and brought a guy off the backside, and that's all we needed. So that and, it, and we'll play under every once in a while just so it messes with who's pulling and all that. And some of the, you know, especially if because really the only way you can get that mic is if you fold the guard. Uh, if you if you go down, down, fold the guard around to the mic. But I don't know how else you're going to get him without putting an extra blocker in there. You know, then we'll mess around. But that's how I feel. And I know that's not super popular. In fact, I have one of the only people that I've heard say that. So how do you feel about this? <laughs> Well, I mean, we, you know, we, we run the bear against it. So I would, I would say the bear. <laughs> um, yeah, there you so we, go. We played, yeah, we play a team, uh, we play a, a 21 personnel team and, um, you know, we, we run, uh, basically we we'll, you know, we'll start in four zero four, but because of some things they do, basically strong side counter power, you know, we, we end up running a four eye on the backside, sometimes a three, really depends on if the nose uh if they 
if they trust their nose to block back on our ends. Uh, if, if they don't, we will continue to creep that guy, you know, all the way up to a three on the backside, on their weak side. Um, and I, I just prefer head up. I, I just, maybe it's the type of kids I get. Maybe it's because that's what I, I know. I prefer head up over shade almost any day. I mean, the only time is if we're playing, like you mentioned, a wing T team, um, just because they'll influence you so much and they can, I don't know, they can really mess with us when we're head up. But um, because I, I feel like it, it really challenges the offense to figure out how they're going to double, um, especially, you know, like our four technique on the tight end side. Um, and we do play, I mean, I don't know, when you say seven, I think outside shaded tight end. That's how we do everything uh, outside shade. Oh, uh, I'm thinking seven technique. You're thinking of inside. seven technique. Yeah. Yeah, so inside leg of the tackle. Well, yeah. so how do you play yeah. how do you play head up besides the zero and the bear? So okay. So when I hear bear, I just think four zero four. If he's talking two zero two or three zero three, then I'm thinking then he's thinking three zero three. Three yeah. Okay. So then yeah, so then I would only really play the bear on one side, on the weak side uh, of uh, of that, you know, of a, of a normal twenty one personnel. Um but so anyway, so you know, there we're actually playing a shade. But on that, on that, the side where I think they're going to double, I like, I like a four technique. Um, and and the reason is is because I, I just believe, and it's more often than not, it's been true. My my four technique is is better than their tackle, um, and he's definitely better at practicing uh, double by a tight end. And so he he basically can take up those two blocks and let my linebackers run free. And so um, now if that's not the case, if, if they just double us and that my four is just, you know, getting pushed back, like, then this is the worst defense ever. Um, right. You know, we've played, you know, like when you play like a double wing team, right. So we, we, we have a double wing team on our schedule as well every year. And so, you know, those guys aren't, they're not like combo blocking. They're, they're just two guys that probably weigh, you know, 250 total uh, together, right? And then, and then, you know, so 500 pounds are pushing, you know, maybe my 300 pounder and like my 300 pounder loses. Um, and so those are a little different story. But um, if, if we have taught our four technique how to, you know, we call it sumo, right? Stick that darn outside butt cheek into their crotch. Um, we feel like our backers can run free. So that's why I like uh, head up because it forces them to double. Or if I was in a shade, I always feel like they can down block me. I don't know if that's my my experience against double wing and being freaked out about it or something. But um, so when when he says bear, I think of four zero four. But if he's saying three zero three, we don't do that a whole lot um, against these types of offenses. Now if it's against spread and stuff, you know we'll, we'll run some tight run stuff. But um, I, I don't I don't like getting down blocked by a tackle when it's easy. Well, I, I, I just think with the bear and, and going back to my answer, so the bear was great, but the problem that we had with the bear when I was at Sarah was we faced an I team, which it was great versus, but they, you know, I coached there, so they knew what to do with it. They knew how to beat it. Uh, but then the other teams in the league were wing T, which I did not want to be in the bear. Double wing, right. I did not want to be in the bear. Uh, and at the time there was like a two back option team, which I really didn't want to be in the bear. And so it was like, I'm going to run this defense and teach all this BS for one T 
team, you know, and and yeah. everybody else was doing stuff that it would not be great versus. And so that it became one of those things. It's like, yeah, well, if it's a 21 personnel power counter team, then yeah, but we've got one of those on our schedule. And I just got so much more mileage out, we get, out of what we ended up going to. So that is my answer. So let's go to our next question. Thanks again, Lucas, for the question. Uh, this question is from Granville Taylor, who coaches DBs. Uh, he's retired from uh, Wichita, Kansas. And uh, so his question is, when do you like to blitz a corner? Yeah, you want to take this one first? Yeah, um, this weekend. <laughs> uh, we're, we're um, you know, whenever I see like a nub, so um, if we'll get, you know, like uh, trips to one side and just a tight end to the other, um, I, I like blitzing corners to that you know we whenever we see teams roll away uh, from that nub you know one of the first things we'll do is is see if we can pressure them with a corner Uh, because we feel like we could we don't have to change any coverage you know on the front side we could play whatever coverage we want and if they're rolling that way um, you know the only thing they might do is scream back Um, but they're you know you have a corner flying at your face it doesn't really work. So I love it against um, nubs. So even wing T teams um, where you get like a nub and a tight end and a wing, um, I like blitz and corners there. Um, corners from the boundary, sometimes against spread. Um, haven't done as much of that. Um, I like my corners to cover unless they have a free shot on somebody and they're not going to get blocked. And that's why I like that nub nub idea. So um, that that's usually when we'll do it. So when we see a nub or a, uh, you know, just no, no fast guys out there. Um, and especially if it's one back, um, with a nub, um, that's when we, we like to blitz our corners. We, I don't, and I don't know if I've ever had a corner blitz anything, but like, you know, D gap, I mean, I don't know if I've ever had them get crazy and get inside or anything like that, but, um, no nub, nub's my answer. All right. My answer all the time. Um, we actually, what's funny is the one time I don't like it is against nub just cause we don't have guys that really? we're going to take on, you know, cause we see a lot of, when we see nub tight end, we're either seeing nub twins, I twins where they're running power or we're yeah. getting trips and they're going to run buck sweeps and I got a guard coming at them. Right. I, I, I ain't down with that. So, but we run this stuff all the time. I mean, that's one of our top blitzes. I like it versus three by one because teams read the safety for the RPO and all of a sudden, you know, you can't, you can't read everything. So, um, you know, we'll blitz the backside of trips and we have it built in where we'll switch it to two by two. We'll switch it to the linebacker. And we, uh, we started running last year. We started running the stuff from the, uh, if anybody's seen the Kirby smart presentation floating around out there, I, I don't know where to find it, but if you look hard enough, you'll find it. They have a big 12 package where they're basically bringing boundary side pressures and they're playing quarters to the field. You can play halves to the field and man to the boundary. And that's our number one, number one or number two pressure. And so, and we actually, it's funny you mentioned it. We ran, we ran an up and under last week, which people call lion where the end came up field in the corner blitz straight towards the quarterback. And just as the corner was about to hit the quarterback, 
the three technique that slanted to the a gap like took him out or something something happened where like ran in another one of our players ran in and the qb escaped and i'm like of course they did but especially in high school with those wide hashes man i mean if you're into the boundary and you got that see i mean you got to think about the ball is uh, you know, especially in today's game with the spread and, and guys really getting good at looking. I mean, it's one of the best disguised blitzes because we play press all the time in the backside. So you can't tell it's coming in the way we coach our safety. We he doesn't. He's really good at disguising it, and you don't know until it's too late. And so if you're bringing a, let's say you're running a line concept with the corner of the boundary, the ball's on the hash, the receiver's right outside the numbers. That's nine yards. And if you're running the up and under, like I'm saying, where he's just taking a beeline straight to the quarterback, that's nine yards directly at the quarterback on a dead start. And the quarterback will never see it because you can blitz on the snap because it's so close. Right. And it looks like too high coverage. I mean, you're looking, you've got, you know, if it's just a three by <laughs> one, you're looking, you've got, you know, stubby, stump, lock, whatever you want to call it, special, whatever you want to call it to the field. You got a press corner, which is our base alignment. And but the reason I like it the most in bringing the corner is they're never accounted from the pass pro unless you show it early. So now yeah. I got a guy who's probably not going to get picked up coming a direct line to the quarterback and he has no idea it's coming. So we do it all the time. Uh, so do you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I was done. What so, were we so, going to ask? So, so you got um, trips open and then your safety, you, you mentioned your safety. So, your safety ends up playing man on the on yeah the he mans up the side. X receiver yeah yeah okay and you just so so you'll play and is, is so you'll, is that a five man pressure for you yes so it'll be it'll be special stump stubby whatever you want to call it to the field man to the boundary and then and lock it up yeah okay yeah and then and so your backer has the back your safety has the receiver and then if you do do it out of two by two. The only thing you have to coach up if you're playing it like I'm saying, where you're going to play quarters to the field and man to the boundary, is you have to teach your backer. If the back is to the field, you're to the zone side. If the back is to the boundary, he now crosses the midline of the ball. He's now man-to-man on you. Yeah. But we play, a lot of times, we'll play it out of two read or bracket. So this past week, we brought it out of four, cover four, which is our our, uh, two read. And then this week we're bringing it. We're playing uh, Bama seven bracket. So you got an outside leverage. You got an outside leverage nickel. You've got a safety inside. It looks just like quarters. You would not know the difference. Right. Um, there's there might be a tell or two. I'm not gonna say what it is, but you, you <laughs> might be able to figure out. But if you disguise it well enough, and our guys don't go on, they go on the snap of the ball because. You know, it takes a half a second longer to get there, but the the disguise, and especially like, I mean, if you're real good, and let's say you're playing a team, I mean, this is just I'm now riffing, but let's say you're playing a team, and that and and you know, we'll do like a full line slant, but if it's a long yardage down, you can get more exotic. So getting double threes, I mean, if you and you can do sim pressure off of this too, we drop the field side end, but. Get in double threes, walk the mic up over the center. They're going to go into 5-0 protection. It's now man. You bring the boundary side end up field. You bring the corner on a straight line to the quarterback. You have the three technique to the boundary. Jab and go to the A. Your uh, your B gap 
uh, your three technique to the boundary is the B gap. And here's the other thing. Since you're in man, it can turn into a six man pressure if that guy blocks. Right. So he steps up. It's 5-0. That back's going coast to coast. He's not looking for the corner. He's looking for the overhang to the field. If you want to, I mean, you want to get crazy with it. Sugar your your walked out backer to the field. Kind of move him up. Like do the thing where he's like creeps up slowly. Don't do the hairy high school where you're dancing around and whatnot. But kind of like slowly creep up and they're like, oh shit, they got me. Ah, they caught me. And kind of back off and look discouraged. And now that back is looking to that guy going, oh shit, he's gonna come. He's gonna come. And then <laughs> he steps up to the field, your mic goes and covers him, and now there's nobody on that corner. You're welcome. Dude, ah. yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, and that's one of our day one deals. Because the thing is, like, we used to bring the boundary side safety, but we can't play Scott. Like, we don't play Sky coverage of the boundary a whole lot anymore. So if we want to blitz that guy, like, when we played Sky all the time, you, you know, we play, like, roll Sky or cover three. Like, if you're a cover three team, then it looks more natural. We're not. So our guy's not right. down very much. Hell, I'd rather if we're, I mean, our boundary corner is a really good defender, run defender, and really good against the run. He's probably our best tackler, pound for pound. So I, I we'll play, I'd rather play special with five trap into the boundary rather than bring that guy down. Because as soon as you bring that guy down, people think you're an innate man front. They're going to throw glances and crap. I'd rather bring that corner in that little alley and let him ride then bringing that guy down in 2019 where as soon as you do that, I mean, you can't disguise out of it. So anyway, that's my two cents. Okay. (laughs) Oh man, it's so good. And we got a good one to do it too. And, and, and it's, it's seriously one of my favorite things. It's funny. You're that's what I love about football. Like you're a very good football coach, obviously. And you're like, I love to bring corner blitzes versus nubs. And I'm like, I bring corner blitzes all the time, and I hate it versus nubs. And there's nobody that's right or wrong. It's, you know, there's nobody that's right or wrong. It's just I, I, the the guys I learned from, like for example, TCU. When you're playing I twins, like when you get your Gary Patterson one on one book, your first thing you do to I twins, you play flip coverage. So you're playing palms to the field, but it's between the corners. The corner's not even over there. He's not. He's not even oh, to the boundary. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you that's not even like a thing, but like, and then when I I learned from Keith Burns, he was sky coverage, so the safety was down. Like, but if you're a four three Tampa two guy and you learned, you're gonna play with the corner down to the tight end as your base because you're gonna play with a nine technique, so that corner's not gonna have to take on any fullbacks. You know what I mean? So I get it. I, yeah. I understand where p- different people come from. It's just how I learned and what I feel comfortable with. No right or wrong. That and that's why it's great having a guest on like you who's is an odd front guy and it's going to solve problems. You know, we'll solve the same problems. We might get to the same answer, but we're going to solve it. And it can, the methods can be completely different. And that's, right. what's fun about this. So anyway, absolutely. And the it's all funny. And you know, go ahead. You play, right. Like the, 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 why well, just saying, you know, the teams you play and like the different ways that you've been exposed maybe in the past and how you find answers, you know, I, I just, for instance, you know, we talk about cover three and, you know, like there's been times where, you know, cover three just exposed me. And it's like, you know, I go into the next, the next offseason, like I'm never running cover three, you know? And then, then a few years later, you hear something else from some other, some other guy and you're like, well, man, a cover, cover three would really work against this. And so, and, you know, just depending on the kids you have, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't have kids who really were good at cover three. I didn't know how to teach it, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm not good at teaching this corner yet, but now I just got an idea 
that man seems pretty darn awesome and I'm going to go learn how to teach it, you know? And I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's, this is why we do this, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. My next question comes from Jamel Bird, who's the head coach and linebackers coach at Hopewell High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. His question is, we play a double slot veer option team next week. Never game plan for this type of offense before. Sorry. Can you offer any tips on things to look for in scouting and any tips schematically would be appreciated. He's a four two five defense. Plays Ripley's match with some palms and quarters sprinkled in. Love the podcast. because uh, he enjoys listening to real ball coach as well. Maybe Coach Mason is I'm not I'm a fake. I'm a I'm a phony. <laughs> coach Bird's Twitter account is at Coach Bird. That's B Y R D underscore. A great dude, by the way. Um so I'll take this one first. Now I'm going to tell you this up front because I just want a, a caveat this. Um, when we play this offense, there's a defense we play that I don't feel comfortable really getting into because the person that taught it to me asked me not to really talk about it. And he's done so much for me. Uh, and he's a big time and I don't want to kill that relationship. And so I, part of the agreement was not to, you know, like I'll teach you, but keep this between us. And even though he's in the NFL right now, he may go back to college and I just, I'm going to respect that. So I'll talk big picture. Uh, the other caveat is in the times that we've played this, we've played the traditional flex bone, 30 personnel, double slot, no tight ends, not a ton of unbalanced. None of the Q counter option stuff. I'm talking the basics of the offense. Zone, uh, zone dive, uh, veer, midline with the you know different twirls and arcs and load motion or load blocks. But I didn't see any of the stuff where they put the receivers to tight end and go. I mean, we saw like they bring the receivers at the same side. So I know there have been some newer developments from the flexbone guys in the past couple of years. Just watching um, you know the end of Johnson's reign at Georgia Tech. I do not know that stuff. I do not know how to defend it. If we had to see it, I would start making some phone calls, but I'll tell you about the traditional part of the offense and, and add rocket toss into that traditional set. Um, I, a couple things. One, stem your fronts. Option teams, a lot of them count. And again, I'm talking about the teams I've played. Now, you might be sitting there listening to this on Sunday morning with, a, with the coffee in your hand. And and you're going, what is this asshole talking about? Like, I'm just <laughs> telling you the 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 stuff I've seen, and I don't, I cannot answer for anybody else. Um, a lot of them count, and that's why a lot of them don't go on sound because they got to get their counts on who they're blocking and who they're not going to block. Really, is the most important thing, I guess. I don't know if you want to look at it that way, but so I like to stem the fronts. We played when we've we've always we've only played eight man fronts versus it. Some people say that's suicide. Some people say that's the only way to go. Again, I'm not trying to argue. I will say this: two huge games in my career, we beat the flex bone. We were supposed to lose. Both teams were eight and one. Weirdly, that we beat both teams their senior days, and it's actually part of the reason I got the job at Sarah. So, this is very you know something that's close to my heart, but. I'm just telling you what's worked for me. I just want to get this out of the way because I know that this and the double wing is very hot button and 
some flex bone coaches listening going, well, that's BS, and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But I'm just telling you what's worked for me. One, STEM. Two, if you're uh, any, and I'm talking big picture now. Any uh, anybody that's assigned to anything but the dive, give them a common sense rule. So if you tell them you have the quarterback, you give them the common sense rule, which is I have the quarterback or the first man that shows with the ball. I know that you're not supposed to create indecision when playing the option, but you also don't want to tell the 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 defensive end your five technique. You have the dive all week, and he blocks out. You get an out block, and then the quarterback runs right around the edge, and he's trying to like duck inside and get the dive, and saying, "Well, coach, you told me you have the dive." So, you know, just saying that on the perimeter, I will say that you want to um, read the blocks of the uh, the the slots. Um, I actually ghost wrote. I don't know if ghost wrote would be. I don't know if that's fair to Barry, but. I helped Barry Hoover with a Flexbone article on coaching your slots in the 425 many moons ago. If I was to play it today, I would use the same stuff unless they had a new play I hadn't seen before. Uh, if you go to, I think it's coachhoover.blogspot.com and you look up Flexbone, there's like coaching the down safeties in the 425. And he put his own spin on it, but I basically ghost wrote that. So if you want to get into that, read that. But Teach your guys how to read in concert. So I'll give you a rundown of it real quick, real uh, real fast. If you're an eight-man front, the overhang's reading the slot. At the slot arcs, he's going to play the pitch. The free safety will play quarterback outside to pitch. And if the slot loads either inside on a backer on the D end, we say a load is anything that is not going out to the, the down safety, the four-by-four, three-by-three, whatever you want to call them. That is a load. Now that guy is going to go play the quarterback outside and the free safety will overlap to the pitch. Now, some guys like to play the backside safety kind of square and shuffle. Some guys like to rotate in the middle of the field. There's a million different ways to do it depending on what you're seeing. Uh, but but like I said, big picture, you want to defend the numbers in the field. If they're balanced, you need to be balanced, but you need to get a way to get numbers. Defend the field first if they're balanced in the sense that they're going to look for, what is it, grass? Is it is it? Grass angles numbers. What's the? Ugh, I can't. I, I need more. No, I thought variable. it was uh, hash numbers sideline or something. Right? Don't they say it like that way? Or no, but where they're going to attack? So it's numbers. Like oh, like yeah, if yeah. you're short, like if you're short somewhere, then it's grass, the field, and then it's technique or I, it's something like that. Um, so if you're in a four four and they're balanced, they're going to try to attack the field unless their personnel superior to the left and the boundary and yours isn't or whatever. But if you're going to play an eight man front, I would get in and a lot. I would get double, double G's, double fives. I'd stem to an over. I would have maybe double threes, double A's mess around. So they can't target where you are. And there's kind of two schools of thoughts on this. Some people will tell you the opposite. And they'll say, Hey, play field G put the three technique to the field. So he knows he's always getting the midline. The boundaries getting the veer. And just so you can teach it in pods. And there's some merit to that. But I always like to be a moving target. I'd rather be a moving target and maybe have the other team guessing a little bit rather than trying to see who's going to be more disciplined. Because these guys are running this offense year-round. And I'm going to say that in a disciplined match, unless I'm coaching at you know, a military academy, the other team's probably going to be more disciplined since in running this offense than we are defending it. 
So I like to create a, a moving target slash rock, paper, scissors approach a little bit. Uh, so that would be another thing for me and also have different modes to change. So one thing I like to do is like to bring the end to the field or the end to the motion upfield and take one of those overhangs and blitz them underneath either to hit the quarterback right now or the dive right now. So it changes up their reads. Um, and I know this is another unpopular opinion, but this is the Gary Patterson in me. Don't be afraid to blitz it. I know people say, oh, oh my God, you can't. But they used to run stuff versus Air Force, which I can get a hold of some of their old games versus Air Force. It's pretty cool. Where, you know, they're in double G's and their backers are walked up in the B gaps. Uh, and they have a thing where those backers blow those gaps and the end plays the quarterback. Then they have a thing where, you know, the end smashes down and the backer loops and, and, and they've got just different games and, and you can blitz it as long as you're balanced. And as long as you're not blitzing more than one guy, so what like they, they used to do is they used to get double threes, walk their backers up in the A's, and read the path of the fullback. And so if the fullback came to me, I took him, and then if the fullback went away, I you know I scraped over the top. And we did a lot of this stuff in Millsaps College, where uh, my mentor, Brandon Lechtenberg, had been at TCU, and we played uh, Sewanee College, who was actually D3 school in Sewanee, Tennessee. That was a uh, trivia question for you or trivia answer for you, was actually in the original SEC conference. And now they're like in the MEAC or whatever it's called. I don't know. It's not the but it's Division Three. But uh, we ran a lot of that same stuff where we were running, you know, we were running, sending the ends up both uh, upfield. And they had to, it would basically we would tag it with, if it was to you, then you would run it. Because there's no point in blitzing a guy from the backside if they're running rocket away from you. It just, I mean, I, it just didn't make any sense. So. You know, triggering that end up field for the quarterback and bringing the the wide side overhang un, underneath and some stuff like that, and then scouting. Um, you know, see see who's carrying the ball most. But for triple option teams, you got it's it's not so much. You know, they're going to do a good triple option team is going to do what you give them, and they're going to be equipped to do anything all night long. And so what you can't do is go look at the the stats and be like, well, the fullback carries the ball, you know, every time. So we got to stop the fullback. I mean, obviously you always want to defend the offense with the die first, but you know, if you're seeing a four, three team and the, and they're playing a four, three team or three, four, three teams, and they're not, their, their ends aren't squeezing. Well, of course they're going to get the dive all night, you know, but some teams are, are quicker to get that quarterback, the ball in their hands. You know, conversely, if you're playing a team where, the ends are flying down inside, and they want them to. Keep, they want the quarterback to keep the ball. He's probably going to keep it. They're going to find ways to do things. And conversely, if the team, you know, Georgia Tech will tell you, and uh, if they got into a hairy situation, or if they just wanted to feed the beast, they run zone dive where they have ways to take the the pen out of your hand too. So those are just some things. I mean, see if they run midline. See if they have a way. I mean, there's just a lot of random thoughts. See if they'll run midline in a G. Some teams will turn it into QB ISO. Some teams will check plays. Do will they will they will they walk up and start checking the play? And 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 will you see anything where one guy motions, they stop and come back. And then uh and uh see how quick they are to want to pitch the ball as well. So, coach, I know I said a lot, but not a lot at the same time. So feel free to weigh in here. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I think there's a couple of things. One, you, you mentioned stemming, you know, I think moving is important so that they can't count you. Um, you know, 
based off really what you're saying about the discipline, you know, they're probably going to be more disciplined at their offense than you are at defending their offense. And, um, but then another thing I wrote down while you were talking is just, you know, every, everyone on your defense basically has a guy. Uh, and, and kind of like what you said, you know, they need to hit that guy every play unless, you know, they're running like, you know, in the end slanting and he sees the quarterback has the ball. I mean, obviously hit that guy. Um, but you need to, you need to, you need to make sure that the players who are on offense are getting attacked and, um, and then find out, you kind of mentioned this and find out what they do, um, or at least maybe not what they do, find out what's going to hurt you if that person gets the ball the most, you know? So like you said, you're going to play some teams where they're running the dive like crazy. Well, that's because that's what the other team was giving them. Um, but we, you, you know, what we try to do is figure out what player uh, or phase of that option is going to really give us fits. And so then what we want to try to do is we want to have our base for that and then some switch up for that uh, because that's the thing that when it gets crunch time, when they figure out, because they are going to figure out what you're doing and they will have answers that you can run that change up. So that's what stemming kind of does as well. And then you mentioned blitzes. There's one blitz that we you know, again, we're, we're three men front. So we look kind of like a five, two when we play this um, where we widen everybody out and then we just crash everybody in. Um, and, you know, I'll try to run that around five, four to five times a game. And it, you know, basically at that point you tell you, they don't really have any rules. They're, they're just trying to cause massive chaos on their, you know, we'll take a, a four technique and make them a, you know, a five or a, a ghost six and we'll take our outside backers and, and make them even wider, you know, and then everybody is just slamming down and um, you know, they, if they're a check team at the line, a lot of times they'll check to a dive and it just it can mess it all up. And so um, you can't live in that, but that's something that uh, we've had a lot of success with um, actually against double wing teams too, that works against double wing teams. So um, I don't know that those are kind of my answers. Um, make sure that, uh, oh, oh, and pods, you, you mentioned something about pods. We, uh, we yeah. half line this. Yeah. We half line this. Don't use a ball. When you're teaching, yeah, no ball. Do not yeah, use no a ball. ball. Yep. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. When you're running that uh, widen everybody out and pinch everybody blitz, are you playing cover two behind that? What, what, what coverage are you playing behind that? So we, we basically play uh, quarters against this. Um, and if – well, on that, actually, sorry, I take it back. When we run that, we're basically playing man. It's basically cover zero. If they, if they, if they arc that, uh, you know, that wing back – um, our safety has to be on them now um, because if they if they're if they can throw the ball at all, um, you know we can get in big trouble. Uh, I typically on that blitz we don't blitz pill anything. Like we we're bringing, you know, like if they want to swing a motion to back and swing them, um, you know they might have something there. But we're we're definitely that's why I said we only run it a couple times a game, um, and uh, it's it's really meant to cause chaos. Um, if they happen to call. <laughs> motion the back, swing them, you know, we've got two backers inside that are, that are, that are taken, you know, first back out, but that might get, that might get hairy. Oh boy. <laughs> Hide the women and children. Um, one thing we had talked about uh, before the pod was forcing, we're just talking about triple option in general, is force them to pitch the ball. And you don't – so that's one thing is try to force them and see if they are willing to. I mean, uh, some teams will pitch midline 
teams won't. You know, most teams that are running midline or outside veer are not wanting to pitch the ball. But like I said, that's some teams. That's not all teams. So do a little study. One thing I like to do is do yards per carry. And again, always data is great, but you got to make sure what's influence, know when what you're influencing the data. Um, but do yards per carry on if the if the fullbacks keep it, the QBs keep it, the pitches and somebody's pitching it. I remember when I was very young, it was my second or third year coaching. It was the the game I told you about the, when we beat a team. We were four, five, and one, three, five, and one. They were eight and one, and we beat this team. They were supposed to beat us by fifty. They didn't beat us in a couple years. A huge rivalry game, and they were talking about how much they were going to kick our butts. And this guy that taught me our defense that we ran, uh, you know, just gave me some pointers, and it was and and we got them, and they were stunned and. You know, it was a situation where I, when I was studying, I was worried about midline. They were running what I call super – well, there's a million different ways, but they were folding up midline. So the play side guy was folding. The fullback was going up inside, and the QB was keeping it, and then the pitch guy was going out for pitch, and we were having our overhang fold inside, and it's mirror. You know, if he folds, I fold. We were having to tell our free safety, listen, if you see motion to your side and your wing folds up inside, ignore him and go flying out to the pitch. And this, I talked, actually, I was talking to Bill Mountjoy. I don't know if you know Bill or not. Bill's an older coach. He's a beast, but he was like, do their yards per carry on the pitch. And I think it was like negative two yards. Average. This is a very good football team. So, right. You know, also do that. Um, uh, hit the dive every play. It was another general statement. Hit, punish them. Punish all ball carriers. We played a team. The fullback. This is this is how you know he's a beast. He won Player of the Year, Co-Player of the Year in a league, and one of the best leagues in NorCal. Fullback, triple option, fullback. And when we played him. The first time, I think we held him to three yards or three carries for like five, four yards. And he got so mad, he like, when one of our kids tackled him, he like flipped him over and headbutted him. Like he was so <laughs> frustrated. And we just tackled him every freaking play. And it was like, you're giving us a green light. And he couldn't say anything. It's like, hey, you're faking it to him. I thought he had the ball. Okay. Right. And I'm going to get, can I, is it okay if I rant for another, for a minute? I'm going to rant. Is that all right with you? I will, I'll show. make it you quick. You <laughs> okay. You're going to get some a-hole coach on your staff who's going to point out, they're not actually reading triple option. It's called. You, you know, we don't have to worry. What does that matter? It doesn't matter if they, it's called or not. You have no idea if they're going to call it or not. So you got to defend it like triple option. Now, if they're blocking out and handing dive like a, just a straight dive, like blocking out of the five and doubling the G to the play side, handing inside, okay, Sure, that's different. But these guys, you know, coach, we don't have to worry. They're not a triple option team. They're just they're not reading it. Okay, well, what happens when you're you're not? You, what are you gonna do? Tree like toss sweep now? Like and you're not gonna cover all phases of the eye? That drives me nuts. Guy starts like like there's some like some special evaluation. It doesn't matter anyway. All right, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm I, I appreciate good. that because it drives me nuts too. Oh, it's that insane too. It doesn't matter if it's triple option, like even zone read. Oh, they're not. That quarterback's not reading it. Well, he's not reading it. <laughs> who cares? 
Well, what happens when we have our uh, both guys chase the the dive, and then he? I mean, he all he has to do is pull it a couple times, and you know they're gonna pull it. My luck is they always pull it in the time where it's like third and three, smashing the dive, you know, and and or like or like you said, if they're not reading it, their coach sees what you're doing and they'll pull it. Yeah. <laughs> then it turns into rock paper scissors. I mean, you still have to cover. I mean, what are you gonna guess every time? To I just that just, makes me mental. Uh, anyway. So I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, you know, I'm good. All right. This next question, I'm not even going to answer. This is a warning. Reggie Schultz uh, from Cedar Rapids, Xavier and Cedar Rapids, Iowa. His Twitter handle is at Reggie Schultz. That's S-C-H-U-L-T-E-11. Reggie asked, this is coming from an offensive perspective, so I don't know if it's a good question. But what plays and formations best strike? Stress and attack a three, four, mainly tight palms quarter defense. Main adjustment is trips is solo. Yeah, I'm not answering that. <laughs> like I'll answer whatever to help people, but I ain't helping you. I I'll help others, but I'm not gonna help you beat me. Because we do some of that <laughs> stuff. So I'm sorry, <laughs> Reggie. Thank you for listening. I really you appreciate it. <laughs> right. And one of ours, what we played, what was our number one call last week when we played Buchanan, had to go against Earl Campbell. Uh yeah, I uh, Reggie, love that you listen to the pod. I appreciate you. I'm happy to talk one on one and on Twitter, but yeah, not happening, brother. So thank you. Where's, but Reggie? Where's Reggie? Where's Reggie from? He's from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, oh, Reg. No. <laughs> talk to talk to Dub Maddox to help you out. All right. <laughs> Next question, your friend and mine, Nima Salimi, DC and linebackers coach at Westminster High School in Atlanta, Georgia. What a great, another doctor, another great dude. Dr. Nima, N-E-E-M-A, Salimi, Salimi, S-A-L-I-M-I is his Twitter handle. How would you defend three by one open, gun strong with the sniffer and the B gap? Main plays are Q power to the trips and Q counter. GF away from the trips is RPOs with bubble and slant bubble as the trips concept and hitches and slants to the backside of the egg. So let's break this down. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one first because I, I get to see the question, so it'll help you. Because some of these, it's, the questions are involved, and I don't want to just drop the question on you. Like, all right, answer that. All right, so how would you defend and, uh, three and by was, one I open? Just, uh, I was just like uh, bombarded by all my children at once, so. I, I I, I, I'll fall on the sword. It's okay. How would it, it is nine o'clock on a Thursday night? How would you defend three by one open gun strong with a sniffer in the B gap? So I'm guessing the sniffer. Wait, so well, so he's saying three by one open gun strong with a sniffer in the B gap. So I'm guessing. I, I'm a little confused because it says three by one open. So I'm thinking trips open gun strong with a sniffer. So is the gun. Is the sniffer part of the gun? Is that what he's saying? That the sniffer's strong? Because if it's three by one open and there's a sniffer, then it's got to be empty, right? It's got to be. I think he's not from Canada. I think he. I think, he, <laughs> I think he's counting the sniffer in the trips. I don't know because sense. it's so like, Q. It says no. Q power and Q counter. So I'm guessing oh. it's not. I'm guessing it's empty with a sniffer. What I that's what I'm saying. So, that's what I'm so thinking. like almost like almost like quads. Like wild yeah, wildcats. So imagine trips. Yeah, because RPOs Q power and Q counter. Yeah, that's gotta be what it is. Oh yeah. Three by one open um, gun strong with a sniffer in the B gap. So 
All right. Well, I'm going to answer that if it's because that would make sense if it was going to be only QB runs. So, hmm. okay, let's let's take this. I've never seen this before. Let, let's take it. So, you got to be gap sound, um, and you got to match numbers. So, I'm thinking I'm going to play an over front. Um, you know, an over front to the to the to the sniffer. Uh, my initial thought, and this is probably awful, but my initial thought is to uh, either play under or something where you can play a, a special coverage, a special type coverage, stubby, stump, whatever. And see, this is the thing with the show is I don't read these questions. I skim them, but I'm not like thinking about this ahead of time. I put it on here and we rip and roll. Um, so I'm thinking I'm going to do something, maybe play two G's, which is not great for power and counter or play a tight front maybe, but I'm going to do something where one of my linebackers is going to have to bite the bullet. He's going to have to play the vertical sniffer. So Let's say corner on one, nickel on two, strong safety on three, backer slightly out of the box, not apex because of the immediate running threat. And I'm going to try and dive down inside and knock out the the the, the ball to the, the perimeter where we have people. And I'm going to play press on the backside and play stop. I'm just going to pretend like it's gun strong. So the, the path of least resistance is, let's say... I'm thinking about this. It's actually kind of interesting because you can yeah, track our thought up. process as we're going through it. It's not just some like, okay, here's my answer. So I'm, I'm picturing this now. It's easier if I picture it as let's say it's like Kansas state. Remember how they used to run QB power? Yeah. But so like gun strong three by one. So let's take that sniffer and let's back him up and pretend he's a running back. That's a full, like just say he's a fullback who's standing at running back. Like, like they used to do with that Klein Snasser or whatever his name. They had a yeah. Grabowski yeah. or a Gronkowski. They had a whole deal. They had a bunch of four syllable fullbacks. Um, <laughs> and they ran QB power. So that's what I, I mean. It's power and counter. It's just that guy's in a position to go pull. I mean, I would treat it just like I would if it was <clears throat> that guy was back. I mean, the only difference is that guy can now run vertically. If you get a little bit of a split, he can go down the middle. So I'm going to tell the backer that's apex between end man and number three. You got to carry that guy vertical and then just tell the backside safety. His run key is that sniffer. So you can get him down. So if they try to do something cute, and send him down the middle of the field, like run like, you know, hitch, hitch corner by the three receivers and then send the, the sniffer down the field. At least he's got some sort of help, and I'd play it like that. I'd I'd probably I'd I'd set the three to the field. All right, this is what I would do. This is kind of fun because I'm literally, I'm not even drawing this. I'm doing this in my head. So, okay, here's what I would do. Okay, three to the field. Mike and Yay, backer walked out. Now has to play. Um, he has to play the spill, and he has to play. If that dude goes down the middle of the field, the weak safety has the B gap. So I'm going to play solid out on the backside or Megan Cone, whatever you want to call it. So I'd press the corner outside to take away the hitch. The slant would be played. If you get RPO, the safety can get down in the window for the slant. I'm getting I mean, the slant would be the least of my concerns at this point. I, we need to match numbers. If that backside safety is going to play the B gap or 
what you could do is you could do something with the end of the boundary and spike it out and run the trap coverage to the boundary where the corner can go play the run now. Now he's in the hitch area. Now he's in the slant area, and your safety can stay high. You could also do that. And I would just treat that guy as if he was a, um, you know, he was a, a sniffer. Because even if they pull, or even if he was a back, because even if they pull the guard and the sniffer and leave the tackle backside, it's the same thing is if that guy flared or whatever, the back flared and they pulled the guard and the tackle, it's the same numbers. So the corners, uh, the corner or the deep tie safety is going to get, got to get down there to set the edge. The ends got to get two for one. So if that, the, the play side tackle, if they're running counter on the boundary, the ends got to take the uh, sniffer out. Hopefully the guard and the sniffer and then the backer with the pull he can run the crease like we were talking about because there's nobody to block him if they run counter. The only person that can block him is the the boundary side tackle. They go down on the G, back on the three, and they pull. That Mike, we I mean, we talked about this earlier. He's got a clean run through. He might be able to play that from behind. So that's my answer, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, something I've never seen before. I'm not even. I'm a pen out because my desk is taken up by this giganto mic stand. I bought the wrong mic stand. It's awful. <laughs> But whatever. Um, uh, that's my thought. I don't know. That's uh, that's. Could, I mean, you could poke holes in that all day, but that's my initial thought without ever seeing this before. You got anything? Yeah, I, you know, I, I I've also never seen this. Um, I think I think what we would do is uh, we would play start with the coverage. Um, we would we would either stubby it or what I do to quad sometimes is. Uh, play like a like a you know a, a palms coach thing, but but what we would do is um, I could get you know so we're an odd front team, but, but we would probably actually bump over to this and look you know like a an over front or something. But um, one of our backers, we'd, you know, we'd have walked out backer. Let's say we're playing the solo poach stuff we're doing, so we're you know we're playing palms on the first two, um, and what we'll do is if We'll, we'll, our walked out backer will be, you know, we call it an alley player. So he's, his eyes are on three. Um, and then we would, we would walk out another backer. Uh, and so he would have number three vertical. And then, so he's kind of out of the run fit because I don't like to have him do read stuff like that. But, but then we would poach the number four, that sniffer guy with our backside safety, because he's, he's going to tell us, you know, if he runs vertical, then, you know, they've got some weird, four verticals on one side concept. Um, but he's also going to be the, the lead block on almost everything. So having that single receiver side safety key, the sniffer, um, you know, kind of, you can add him to the run fit if it's run and if it's pass, um, you know, he can help. And so that's probably the first thing I would do unless their scheme dictated something else. You know, um, I also like stubby um, against stuff like this. If, if my walked out backer um, can do that uh, and then you can do some different things, then you can put your, your inside backer back in the box because right? he doesn't have to worry about anything vertical. Um, so that, that would be the first thing coverage wise. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the thing that scares me is running back weak, you know, run, uh, bringing the sniffer. And then I think you said Q power. Did you say Q power weak? Yeah, he uh, said right? Q power and Q. I mean, it ends up being the same thing to be. I mean, if yeah, it's Q right, counter, so. yeah, it's going to be on that side. I He's going to have to bring yeah. the puller. 
I, I like. I actually I like have a good answer that. for that. I thought of it now that I'm not talking. It goes back to something we said earlier, but it splits the corner. Play stubby yeah. with the linebacker on the sniffer. Bring the corner. Uh, you know, set the three technique in the boundary. Slant the line to the field. Bring that dude off the boundary. Your safety can play all the RPOs because it's man. Yep. Now he doesn't have four vertical. The backers got him. There you go. Championship. Anyway, that's uh, sorry. I interrupted <laughs> you. I and that was a that was a no, I was pull from the past. Oh, think, okay, good. Backside backer key in the sniffer is good. So corner blitz, do it. This is torture. This is this is hard. Like we, I, I, I'm not even joking. I come home from practice on Thursdays. I usually eat, and I. I like tonight, I, I had to call Mama Dukes, check on her. Um, I had to get my mind right, uh, so I played a game of FIFA. That's right, I said it. <laughs> and uh, big FIFA guy, uh, cats out of the bag. Uh, eight quickly got my mic set up, and I called you. I looked just to make sure we had enough. I really, I only looked to see if we have enough questions, and we did. And I'm ready to go. And like I don't, we don't plan this ahead of time, so it's kind of fun. I think it's kind of cool to hear the thought process, too, as well. Like I love, like I don't care as much about the final answer, like where they got it or where they get to. I shouldn't say that. Like if I'm in a hurry and I'm talking to a coach, but like I love the thought process. That's where I really learn. Uh yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, it's kind of fun. It was kind of a fun process for me too. Like. You know, sometimes I, uh, I, I, it's, it depends on who it's coming from. Like if that was my problem, I would not have, I don't know if we solved it or not. I don't want to be arrogant enough to think I solved it, but I think we have a decent answer between the two of us that covers your gaps and, you know, obviously not knowing personnel and who's the, you know, the daddy, the war daddy and, you know, and who you got, who they got. We're just talking strictly X's nose on a board. That would have taken me three weeks to figure out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was sure. fun going through that. Um, all right. So my next question comes from Grady Breen, who scout team safeties. He's the infamous at open cross plant on uh, Twitter. He, he coaches at South Carroll High School in Sykesville, Maryland. What a great dude. His question is, and I'll let you take this one first. Against a heavy outside zone team, you're coaching the ends. How do you have the end keep the edge without letting the B gap get too wide and become two gaps? What you got? All right. So we, you know, we're coaching a four or a five technique. So when that tackle and we're, we're teaching them stem response. So when that tackle um, tries to reach them, you know, we're, we're not trying to overrun that. We're trying to basically run with them and fight, fight that pressure the whole time. And so um, we also teach windows really big with backers. And so, um, you know, if that tackle is really widening out and he's getting our end to stretch with him, um, there, there better be a backer in there. There's got to be someone filling in that B gap. And um, if, if, if that's what you mean, you know, the stretch where he can cut it back inside the B gap, you know, we better have someone filling a window. You know, what we do is, you know, we film from behind our defense in practice. And, you know, when we play teams that run heavy stretch, um, when that ball, when that ball carrier is, uh, ready to make his cut i'd like to see you know all of our guys i, I don't want to see i want to see every window filled i want to see a wall of, of of our jersey and um so 
if that tackle is reaching, then I'm pressing mirror and I'm stretching with him and I'm keeping my outside arm free as much as I can um, so that he can't get, get the edge. And I'm not worried about that B gap because I have a, a window filler there. If that tackle's doing some other block where he's maybe maybe scooping me or, or they're trying to really trying to base block me out, you know, then I have a different technique that I'm that I'm that I'm using. And there's all kinds of different techniques that you can do. But what we do is on a base block, you know, we try to try to end up crossing the face. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's kind of how we keep gap integrity there. And again, our backers, they don't really have gaps. They, they fill windows. And so, um, if, if, if that, if they were trying to run in the B gap, um, and our back, our end did a really good job of, of stuffing that B gap, our, our backer better not be running that B gap. He better be bouncing over to where the C gap is. Cause that's where the window is going to be. And so, um, obviously the backers would, would, you know, mirror the, the path of the back um, and, and change with that. If he was, if he was running more of an ISO path or a tight path, um, it would change the, you know, his path is a backer's path, but um, that's kind of how we do it. So if we're getting reached, it better be a backer in that B gap. Um, and he's not going to go to that B gap. If the back is, is wider than the B gap, you know, cause that doesn't make any sense. You fill the window uh, according to just behind the back. That's kind of how we teach it. Good stuff. I'm going to cheat on this one. Um, so we play usually a three and a six. We do a lot of different stuff on defense. Um, but if we're playing our base and we're playing a three and a six, um, we're going to play our techniques and we're going to tell that three technique, you, you can't get read. Uh, and then, you know, we're very TCU centric where I don't know, I, you know, I go back and forth every year because my two biggest defensive line influencers are completely different. Number one is De La Salle who they hit sleds all year. I'm very good friends with their head coach and their D-line coach, Justin Alabon and Steve Jacoby, two of the finest men you'll ever meet. And it is strike, you know, strike and get your hips in the gap, eyes below eyes, hands above eyes, you know, just destruction. And then the other influence on me, Stick Bumpus, who's get your nose in the gap. And so mm-hmm. I go back and forth on it every year. And it's funny because... It seems that every year we have the guys to really – we have a really good defensive line right now. We have a kid who's in the number one DN – well, I don't want to blow anybody's spot, but they Oregon has told him that he's their number one DN on the 2021 board for, like, run-stopping DNs. We play him at three. Yeah, he's a stud. He's really oh, good. Oh, Keanu <laughs> Williams? Yeah. Yeah, he is good. Um, you know, who's Tennessee's offered and Michigan's offered and USC's offered and – UCLA is damn near driving here every day. Uh, you know, so it makes my life easy. But it's funny when I have those guys, it's like I want to do the TCU stuff. And then when I have the little guys that aren't as stout, I that's when I'm like, we're gonna do the Dale Sal, you know, we're gonna we're gonna strike and get our hips in the gap, and everybody's looking at me like I'm insane. So, you know, when you play a three and a six, I think I mean, I'm not so here's the thing. The three technique, if we're playing a stretch team, we're going to widen out our three. And we will tell our three that if the back is away from him um, and he's flat, that really if the back's away from him and that's where you got to know back sets, we'll widen that guy out so nose in the gap. And I think to answer your question, you know, that that guy has to stay. He has to strike, but he has to be ready to move. And that's where I want to step laterally. I'm reading this gap. It's moving. I'm moving. I'm moving with it. And I think if you move together, I think the problem is what Grady's saying is 
when your three technique is being super stout and he's stoned the, stoned the guard. Meanwhile, your end's running towards the sideline. And that's one of the only things. That's the one hard part for us, too, with the six technique is he's used not getting double teamed. You know, I just got through saying earlier I like the overfront because they double the three, single the six, and there you go. And now I have my war daddy who's gonna probably going to play on Sunday striking the crap out of the tight end. And now all of a sudden you're running stretch and you're getting that double team. And so I'm, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. But, I mean, and, and this is going to be the worst cop-out answer I probably ever give, but player technique, moving the gap, step, step laterally. If the linemen are trying to overreach you, and you're stepping straight ahead, you've lost. And you got to just run your feet. And that's where the Dick Bumpus in me comes out, where it's just running the gap. Like, run. If you're in the gap, you're in the gap, and you run with it. If they're running, I'm running. Now, if you're having trouble with that base technique, then uh, this is going to sound counterintuitive and crazy, but we played St. Mary's of Stockton in 2016 and 2017, and their 2016 team, might be the best week one team I have ever seen, and that includes De La Salle. They were running outside zone like it, they weren't a college team. I, I still, to this day, I, I, I'm damn near, I'm stuttering and speechless, like just thinking about how good they were. And the only time we had any success versus stretch that day, and I'll never forget this, was we would slant away from it. So we're in the three and the six and the G and the five, and we were bringing somebody off the edge, but that wasn't what was creating the problem. The problem was they were trying to double our six and double our three with the center and the guard, and our three would step flat and get vertical, and so the guard was trying to step and then turn, and then that guy was getting up the field, and he was having a hard time of basically cutting him off. When he turned, and I'm telling you this, when I tell you that these guys were executing this, almost it was almost flawless. I mean, it was, it's, it's incredible what they did to us. Um, and this is the first week of the season. And the six technique did the same thing. He would step flat. The tackle would try to reach him with the tight end, and he would actually get inside both of those guys and then get upfield. And we had a couple of TFLs. It was really the only success we had that that game. I mean, they ran for like 340 yards or something. Something insane. And they had freaking Eric Dickerson running the ball. Dusty Frampton. I'll never forget that kid. These guys still have nightmares. But that was really what, what helped us was actually slanting away from it. Funny, we played a team around here. We tried to, because my first response to defense stretch is to slant with it. And we did that last year, and this offensive line was so good, they just picked it off. And so if I'm playing stretch, I'm going to play my base technique. If I can't get my base technique, which I've described, I'm going to try and slant with it. If I can't, if I still can't stay in the gap, I'm not going to bang my head against the wall. I'm going to slant away from it and then try to get vertical and get get that push-up field and use those wide bucket steps or, or whatever. I don't know what the O-line call them, but those wide steps against them. So... That's my answer to the question. So I know it's not exactly what you were looking for, but I mean, really, you got to play your technique, and that's how you do it. And if you can't, you better have an answer. Our next question comes from Bruno Bripol. He's the defensive coordinator for a team in Brazil. Uh, he's been one of my favorite followers and and question uh, askers. That's not even a word, but uh, Bruno, he is at Coach Bripol. That's B R E P O H L. 
He said, first of all, thank you for all the help with the podcast. We are 3-0 this season, and your insight has really helped us achieve that. You are an inspiration to us in Brazil. Damn, that's awesome. That might that. be one of the coolest <laughs> things that anybody's... I'm an inspiration. That's yeah. right. I can't get my own kids to listen to me, but I'm helping people. I'm, I'm an inspiration <laughs> to them in Brazil. I'm going to... Oh, man, I'm hanging that up. Oh... Nobody will ever be able to take that away there need, from there me. Need, there need to be there need to be a Coach Vass poster that coaches put on their wall. <laughs> hey, Bruno, you know, like Michael uh, Jordan, but yeah, like a fat head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of me drinking a Bang Energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough self uh, uh, flagellation. His question is: We haven't used D line twist so far in our uh, for our team. Any tip on how to get started with that? Do you practice in your indies and team periods? Any drills you suggest? Um, so I'll take this one first. I mean, how you get started is just doing it. Um, teach them what to do. So on cans, and, and this is, again, I've said this on multiple pods over the year, uh, the last year, however long it's been, we've been doing this, but a lot of what I know comes from the pain of misery of failing. And I used to do too many, too much twisting and stuff on cans. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is when, if you decide to do D line twists, um, now you're asking how to get started. You're not asking what, and if there is, if there are certain ones you want, I would be happy to tell you, but I'm just going to tell you how to do it. I am in no means a, a D-line expert. I've never been. I, I can tell you what I want done and, and how to get there. But the actual how to, 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 to do it and get there, uh, the methods is not my specialty. So I'm going to be very upfront with that. I'm country when it comes to tackling and D-line play. I'm like, punch them in the throat. And they're like, no, no, coach, you can't, you, you can't do that. I'm like, well, try. Just kidding. Um, so first of all, tell them what to do. Teach them what to do on cans, on stationary targets. I would have. I would also now put your slants and your twists into uh, buckets. I would say, here's our run twists. And now you're saying twists. So I'm going to say you're doing T-E-E-T, nose and tackle stunts, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm thinking two-man, three-man, four-man games. So we do this. We have, in our system, we have the name of a stunt, and then if we have a modifying word, it tells them it's a delayed stunt for pass purposes. So, for example, we have a tex, tackle first and second. So, in our system, if we say tex, that's tackle first and second to the, to the three technique side. And we have a secondary word, because we don't use that to the weak side very much. We're an overfront team. So usually to the one and the five side, you're going to stunt your end first and your tackle second. So that's X. And then we have words that if we want to do it to both sides, like we'll go double threes, double techs. We don't really usually run double X. And we'll have their kind of uh, complement. For example, we don't run end first, tackle second much to the three technique side. We just don't. If we're going to play a counter OT read team, we will. There's some other things we'll do. Michigan has a uh, a really good blitz if that's something you like, by the way, but that's a whole other discussion for a whole other day. Back to the question. So so know what you want to get out of your twists. Um, do you want to read twist? So we have a twist uh, where we send the end in the B gap and the nose anchors. If it's run, if it's pass, he loops for contain. Or do you just want to have the twist go... Um, 
now or, or, or you go no matter what uh taking an a gap lineman without any kind of blitz behind it and looping him out of the gap uh, to me is scary as hell some people like to do it i don't but so what do you want to get out of it and that's where you want to start so have your run blitzes or your run twists have your pass twists teach who to go first on the cans just for for assignments and then get on bodies I know this is going to sound self-explanatory. I know that you're going to be like, yeah, no shit. Thank you. But practice your run twists against run blocking schemes you're going to see and then have an oh crap, it's a pass. Get out of whatever we want uh, kind of a thing and then um, work your pass twists against pass sets because it's going to move. These guys are going to move and kids don't understand that at first when you're teaching on cans, which is why I teach on cans the first first um you know when they're first learning it and then we get to bodies and then have with your pass was oh crap they're running the ball or you know so have like this is the base mode we're going to play and then the oh shit version of that now i started to talk about it the add brain kicked in so i'm going to go back we have a we have a stunt called text tackle first uh and second if we're playing a zone team we're playing a 10 personnel zone read team Really love it away from the back. If you see us play 10 personnel zone read, I am not telling you any secrets. We love it. If I just say text, if I say, and, and here's an aside. I'm jumping around. I apologize. Name your stuff simple, simple trigger term things. So text, tackle first and second to the three technique side. X, end first. I know that I'm kind of going against my own thing, but Ean or Earn is not doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> our 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 interior twist. If it's ton, it means the tackle's first and the nose is second. If it's not, it means the nose is first and the tackle second. It drove me nuts, and I'm gonna talk spicy about Miami. But when I was in Miami, they had they called it, um, uh, and and a. I don't want to piss anybody off. If this is what you do, I apologize. Our three-man twists have weird names that don't make any sense. But I'm at Miami, and they're calling Cha-Cha. And I'm like, who the hell goes first in Cha-Cha? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, keep your, your two-man twists. Keep them simple. Not ton, X, Tex, you know, knee if you want the nose to go first and the end to go second. I know it's a K, but you get the drift. Have something like that. Don't give it some goofy-ass name. So. The kids know not ton who goes first. It, that, that, that's not rocket science. Um, but so back to what I was saying. So our run text, if I just say text, if I say field G text, our tackle's going first, our end. So the three technique side is going one step and he's coming around. We will teach him to read out if he does get stretch action. So he will stay outside. We do have, in certain circumstances, we'll loop that guy back inside anyway. Now, if I, I don't want to say the word, but if we say a word, let's just say it's the word jet, which now tells us we're in pass rush mode. If I say jet text and when, and going back to when we played regular text, that three technique, he is blowing through the B gap and that end is coming one step and he is coming to the A. We are assigning the C gap to an overhang defender, but in jet text, let's say it's called. We are now saying it's a pass rush. I don't really care about gaps now. Now we are telling the three technique, you are going to go to contain through the B gap if you can. The end is now going to go one, two, three up the field and then come underneath. Now, this pod will come out after this next game. 
that we're going to play tomorrow, so I don't care about talking about this. We're playing a vertical setting team this week. So we told our three technique, you don't have to go through, pick the, because we're not, I'm not big on picking, like going and trying to take somebody out and then go. We just want to sell an upfield pass rush. But we said, listen, get lateral, get more lateral this game. Where I'm stepping, I'm stepping with my outside foot towards the tackle. And if it's a vertical set city, I'm going to pull and I'm going to bring that second guy around. They might, they're probably going to pick it up. Maybe that's not a great twist, but. For some of our blitz game, we have that in. And so from there, Bruno, you want to take and work the type of block you're going to see. If you're going to see a team that short sets their guard and vertical sets their tackles or the tackles open up wide, that's when you get into the specific coaching points of the twists and how you want to adapt it. And that depends on what you're seeing. So that's kind of my spiel on it. I know it kind of jumped around and the ADD brain kicked in. Uh, which is why this is great because unlike clinics, you can go back and listen to this over and over again to try to make uh, sense out of my gibberish. So my apologies, Mason, your turn. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's great because like what you just said, uh, you know, some of the, first of all, you know, you, you know so much about football. And so some of the things you say, you know, to us common coaches, you know, it can go over our heads. And so then to go back and be able to listen to it and figure out, because on the, not only do you know a lot of football, but you're a good teacher. And so, you know, you can hear, uh, you know, you just get the details, like what you just said. I mean, I'm just, I just filled out a whole page of notes of what you just said. And, um, <laughs> well, that's flattering. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, if you have any questions, honestly, Mason, if you have any questions, I mean, we can talk about it right now. I'm sure Del Bruno too. No, I mean, um, well, here, let me say, let me tell Bruno. And then um, what I was just, what I had thought while, while you were um, teaching is, um, and you said a lot of this, but, you know, is it, is it a pass twist or a run twist? Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in those are two different things. Now, obviously you have to teach, you know, if you're teaching a run twist and they pass, or if you're teaching a pass twist and they run, you have to have answers to that and teach guys, you know, how they react to that. But, but I, you know, I believe that there's, there's, good to both there's good pass twisters good run twists and um and one thing that i've been doing a lot of uh recently is um you know just kind of the same pedagogy that you just talked about you know i'm going to show them um how it's done so if if we have film of guys doing it awesome in practice or in games i'm going to show the kids but one thing i start doing is showing nfl guys or college guys you know like anytime i see aaron donald do anything i know he's a freak but I mean, there's something out there right now where he's hitting the left sled and it's like, it's the most beautiful thing ever. And, um, and so I'll show our kids, you know, how the best and the best in the world are doing this, um, just so they can see it. I don't know, maybe it's, uh, maybe they can never do it like that, but, uh, that's something that we I'm really big on. And then, and then teaching them the spots, you know, so we'll either, either through, um, you know, film again or, or whiteboard or whatever. Um, and then, and then I like to teach them actually, um, barrels, like you said, or buckets or whatever. Um, but I, I teach a lot of our stuff on the sled, uh, like a five man blocking sled. Um, just because those are, you know, like five linemen and then I'll progress to a person and then I'll progress to a person doing blocks. And I think that's super important. That's in blitzes. That's in uh, twists, like you said. Um, because I think, you know, that's just how our brain works, you know, to be able to see it and hopefully you get a guy who's good at it and kind of inspire the kid to, 
that that it obviously works and then and then teach them you know just step by step uh through that so it's kind of like the whole part whole method thing um so that's how we teach almost i mean all our blitzes for sure and any any stunts and things like that um but you were um you know we're not, we're not a big twist team um, yeah, I was going to ask you Pat. because I know with three down, that's not really the way you saw. So that's the way I, yeah. not really twisting, but stunting is the worst. It's, it's rather the first thing we do. Like, all right, they're running ISO. Well, let's slam the end of the B gap. You know what I mean? That's how I look at. Right. Yeah. I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but three down guys are more like, well, let's slide the front. And that would be your first way of like, well, let's eagle this side. And we don't, that guy's a DN. Yeah, so if always, we eagle him, there's nobody yeah. out there. So yeah. Right that's exactly what that's exactly how we think through it i mean um we we do run stunts um you know with our with our end and a, and a walked up backer and things like that um you know one of our best fast little stunts is is just we switch those two responsibilities you know one's got the c gap one's got the b gap and we just have the end go out and the, the outside backer come in and so um but you know we don't we don't do a lot of it so it's just really interesting to hear you talk through it um especially versus run like for us it's more of a pass pass uh, scheme um but we do have um a run scheme where we 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 essentially long stick an end um and and bring the nose in the b gap and um you know we it, it has it has worked for us against iso teams um it's worked for us against uh, gap teams who pull a guard and we long stick that end and um, if he's if he's quick enough, he can beat any mess you know mess that the center and nose are going to create there. And so uh, we've done that in the past, but like you said, we're we're not going to do a ton of it as an odd front team. Right. Was there any specific questions you had about it, or you just more just in general wanting to take notes? I mean, because if there's anything before we move on, if there's anything you wanted to know specifically, I wouldn't mind talking about it. Anything off the top of your head? Well, no pressure. So, so, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, no. So like, um, just any, like against a run, like a run stunt, right? So you're, you got your G and your, and or, or your, um, you know, your ton, a ton, uh, stunt. Uh-huh. What, what do you, what do you, what are you teaching the, the, both those D linemen? Like what, what do you teach them as far as hand placement? And what do you teach them as far as eyes? So we key the adjacent lineman. So if I'm a three technique and I'm slanting into the A gap, I'm going to rip through and I'm going to key the center so we don't get overreached. And we call that if like if okay. we stretch into it, we call redirect. Now we cheat in the sense that we only run certain twists into certain looks. Like I'm not going to run a ton versus 12 personnel. Because if you run counter and power, I'm not, you know, if you have a tight end and a lot of guys, like there's a lot of teams out there, everybody's different, but there's a lot of teams like they'll call it text with the one I, the first one I talked about. Well, if there's a tight end, it's off, you know, because you run a tackle in the B gap and you're looping a tackle inside of the A and they run power. Well, have fun. It's been good. The band's going to play. Um, but so we only call certain things for certain personnel. I don't really have like a predetermined list, so to speak, but like t- ton twists I like versus zone. And I like versus like counter or power. Like what ends up happening is so into kind of mesh with your question. Uh, you know, our three is he's ripping down to that a gap. No matter what, he just can't get overreached by the center. 
So he'll step into the A-gap. He's ripping through. If the center comes and reaches to him, he's got to redirect and get his face back in the A-gap. But we're trying to get, we're trying to slant that gap. So we're not really trying to get hands on anything. We we punch if we can, rip if we must. That's what we tell the guys. Yeah, I'm not okay. a big rip and got rip guy because I don't want to get washed out. Now, if we do rip, we try to rip real fast and, and get back to square. Um, but that's what we're doing. And then the nose loops around. So we started, we played a team earlier in the year, and it's unintended consequences, but we played a team earlier in the year in Power Read, and we actually got our nose, our nose made the tackle on the QB to the other side of the formation because the three comes penetrating down inside. And he takes off right now. The nose goes boom and goes. He's flashing across and coming. Well, nobody's coming to block him. And so he ends up just keep working and keep finding the first uh, green grass, especially on a pole. And then he actually made the tackle on power read. So we don't, I don't really like running a ton in, in that sort of thing, unless it's 10 or 11 personnel. Because if they do run the ball, I don't want to get washed down. Like if it's a Y on team, like Y on eleven personnel, where they're going to run stretch and stuff, I, I don't always know. Like I never want to run not like I. You can only run ton if it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't want to run it to a tight end. Like coming from the tight end side. Now, with that being said, because we have Mister Monster playing three technique we get away with it more because he penetrates and he gets pushed back and he doesn't get like flash in the gap, but he, you know, that three techniques trying to down block him and the center's trying to block back. Yeah. He can create a whole mess of problems and dent that right. thing where that nose can come and clean up. So, yeah, you know, he can that, bubble everything up. that makes yeah. it better. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so that's kind of what we do in ton. Yeah, that helps. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So, and then the next question, and kind of as part two, is Mike Blanco. I'm sorry, Mike Bianco, uh, who coaches at JW Mitchell. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Whoa, I just went to the next guy. Mike coaches at Ketchum <laughs> High School in New York. His question is: In what situation personnel group are you looking to use slant technique where the D line is crossing the face of the O line? Example: nose tackle crossing the center and the opposite A gap. You do it as a whole line and individually. So this kind of goes into that. So I like to bring the nose across face. I'm getting gap schemes. And again, I will never do this. Uh, we actually have a, a call. Like say we're doing a full line slant to the tight end. We have a call where if there's one guy to the weak side, we will slant the nose in the B or sorry, slant the nose in the A, the end of the B. But if there's a tight end to their side, they lock in so that nose is going to stay in and he's going to slant but he's going to stay in his a and that end's going to go into c because we don't want to get you know you're running a team that runs inside zone to stretch at a 12 personnel and now you got one lineman to one side and three to the other it's a problem um so that's that's really when i like it if you're going to run power anytime i think you're going to pull the center or pull the guard and block back in the center that's when I like it. We will do it as a one man. Don't not so much a one man, but we'll do it as a two man nose and tackle. We'll do it as a three man, whether it's the nose and the tackle in the backside end or the nose and the tackle in the front side end, or we'll do all four. And when we do all four, we can bring a guy uh, or bring two. So that's really the most when I'm trying to cross face, that's what I'm trying to cross face on. If I'm seeing a team that, that pulls guards, like we played, 
you know, when I was in the Bay Area, uh, I got nervous about slanting both guys because we saw a lot of tackle trap with influence. So that guard pulls out, our guy's ripping outside, and then he's getting trapped. Well, when we see Buck Sweep team, and I'm talking about not wing T, I'm talking about like Gus Mills and anti-Buck Sweep. I want to do that so we can get those guys moving to the party. Um, so that that's really the that's really the um when I like to do that sort of thing. So I don't know where you are on that. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I, I mean, I don't I don't like to be in a three man front. I don't like to um, if I'm going to do a whole line movement. Um, I like to move the nose and one of the ends uh, into the B gap. I don't like to, I don't like to stunt my ends into C gaps. Um, I just, I get, we play too much zone. I, I don't like leaving a bubble in the B gap. So I don't like to do that very often. Um, but I do like um, st- stunting uh, an end and a nose against gaps teams. Um, you know, if they're going to be zone reading us, um, if I think that, you know, I, I, that sometimes that stunting that backside in, you can you can uh, basically destroy the the cutback of the zone. But um, we we don't do a whole lot of full line stunts uh, unless we're bringing pressure. But with just those three, but we will do two man stunts uh, quite a bit uh, based off tendencies. Like uh, you know, if they're a gap team, I do like doing that. Gotcha. Yeah, we. That's our like I mentioned in the previous question. That's that's our first. That's our first line of defense for. Um. You know, if we have a problem, it's let's slant the line. Let's get let's get somebody involved there. Um, and 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 with crossing face, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of crossing face unless it's gap schemes. If it's anything else, it scares me because. You're out gapped, and I got to know where it's going. I mean. You know, part of it is we mentioned go back to the 21 personnel question. You know, if we're going to slant the line, get the nose across face, because I think that's the best way to stop power. To be honest with you, 21 personnel power is you get the nose across face into the strong A gap. Well, now your backside linebacker doesn't have to play the A gap anymore. He can add to the party to the tight end side. Because the yeah. only time you're going to run the crease on, like, if you get a pull and that backer hits the front side A gap. It's probably against a team that sucks, and you'll need to do that anyway. Nobody worth a a, a damn is going to let that happen with any consistency. You might get one, but you've now wasted your guy on the other twenty plays. And so, I think the best way to stop power is to get three men to three men to the party, so you get the nose across face and the soft a gap. Because I mean, what are you going to tell your guys that you know the guard and the tackle are going to double down in the three to the backside nose? You know, you get that nose to take away that cutback lane. Well, the end's going to dive down the B gap, hopefully chase the puller if you're getting power. Well, now your backers are sitting behind it. We tell our backers, listen, if you're playing, you're playing straight up, you're going to play your gaps. If we're slanting weak, then you have to compensate play like play way over the top to the tight end side. And if we're slanting the tight end side, you got to sit behind it. So now if you get weak side power, the will, the weak side backer will box it back to the mic, which usually we box a gap and spill anything outside of a gap. But now you have to box it back. You're bringing a guy off the backside. Uh, that's pretty good versus 21 personnel run game. So that's how I'm thinking, uh, you know, on that. Uh, so 
The next question, uh, Justin Fenton, he wants to talk about robot and the robot and the crossers and mesh and stuff. That is, I know it a little bit, but that's not my expertise. And I, I don't want to get, first of all, it's a long conversation. We're almost two hours into this thing and we got to wind this down, but there are better people than me on this topic. And so I'm going to throw this one out in the Twitter and the Twitterverse. Uh, if anybody didn't see the question, they want to reach out. Uh, he's basically just uh, Justin Fenton is wanting to know, you know, how, you know, we do the robot, the crossers playing mesh and cover one with man match cover one. And so I'll kind of kick that one to Twitter. If you are listening, tweet him at, at coach Skinner. That's at coach S K Y N Y R D. And, uh, throw out how you would do it and how you do it. Uh, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the, the kind words from my mom. And I just, it's not that I'm ducking this. I just, that's not my real specialty. And I don't want to give you some cockamamie answer when there's people out there with way better answers, unless Mason, you got something on that. No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, there's very few people that I know. <laughs> Kyle Kogan is obviously the place to start. Yeah. There, I, that's so. what I was going to say is Kyle. Okay. So I got two quick questions left. Um, so the first one is, if you're calling the defense on the field, how many defensive coaches are in the box? By the way, this is from my man Terrence Gant, who's the outside linebackers coach at Santiago High School. I don't know, Santiago or Santiago High School in Corona, California. His Twitter account is at Terrence. That's T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E underscore Gant, G-A-N-T. So his question is, if you call the defense on the field, how many defensive coaches are in the box? Do they have specific responsibilities? Question 1A is, on the headset, does it sound like radio chatter in a combat zone? Or do you regulate traffic on the headset? So question one, part one, there's two guys in the box. One guy's watching the front. One guy's watching the back end. Uh, the guy watching the front is also my personnel guy. Uh, I've noticed this year I've gotten more irritable on the headsets. Like It drives me nuts. And so guys... Uh, guys that commentate uh, or complain or I tell them nicely to shut up. I don't care if you thought it was holding the last play. There's no flag. I don't care if you thought that somebody should have made a tackle. We all know that he should have made a tackle. I know that he should have made a tackle. He knows he should have made a tackle. So screaming, make that tackle up in the booth that's sealed off where nobody can hear you is not really helping anybody. It's definitely not helping me. Uh, so I try to keep the chatter to a minimum. And one of the problems we've had this year is our special teams guys are all on the defensive side of the ball. And so when it hits fourth down, I'm ripping my headset off. I can't take it because I can't <laughs> think. And so I try to limit chatter as much as possible, but, um, I, I just, I can't, it, it, it makes me mental. So I try to nicely tell them to shut up. And if I get tired of, and if I get tired of telling them that, I'll just take my headset off. Um, and then for the specific responsibilities, it, I used to have a real detailed list I, I, being honest with you. I got the sideline video now, so I don't need, I don't, I don't need that. Like, I don't, I mean like some games, if I'm playing a wing T team, we used to see that make a hit chart, but I, I don't, I mean, you don't get to see the chart anyway till at halftime, you know, if somebody's making a hit chart, it's hard for them to describe what's going on in the hit chart. I could probably do it better on the sideline now the problem is we do have a spread offense that you know we'll be on the sideline for two minutes and either they'll go three and out or score on two plays so you know 
you don't get a lot of time on the sideline, but that's really with the sideline uh, technology. A lot of the booth stuff is just, I need the personnel. And then, you know, I'll be like, what run was that? Because sometimes it just looks like the Tasmanian devil in there. You can't really see what's going on. I, I can't see hardly anything when I'm on the field. I'm flying blind until I get to the iPad. So I don't know. I mean, you're the head guy, so your situation is probably different. Yeah. So we have we have uh, you know, one defensive guy, one offensive guy in the box. I just I don't like a lot of talking, um, and I want I want those headsets to be, um, you know, for us to everybody on the field and in the box to know the calls uh, for whether we're offense or defense. But um, I actually because exactly what you said, the sideline video has changed everything, and so we can we can we can do some other things that maybe in the past we wouldn't have done and so um what i what i really have them do is i they, there's a you know we have a he has a call sheet that he that he looks at that his looks different than the rest of ours but um you know he he writes down anything i say uh, if i say hey write this down and he he writes it down and um and then he flags um plays that that on the ipad that i or on the yeah on the iPad that I that I say we need to flag or if a linebacker's coach says we need to flag it or whoever you know whoever's on the field and so we do that throughout the game um, and so you know there might be the first play of the game they might come out and something that we didn't prepare for and you know they run like a hitch screen or something and so you know we they flag that and and then that way we we can come through it real quick on the sideline once the series is over um, on the things we said to flag and um, I do I I do let my guys upstairs give suggestions um but um i kind of it's it's more like i it's only when i ask like i just don't want them talking a whole lot i want them listening and writing um, and then when we get to offense then then we'll, then we'll then we have more conversations um like you said with like certain teams sometimes um they might be in charge of, of writing down formations and plays and um and i just you know as i see it happening i might be talking you know as the team breaks the huddle or as the team is lining up if they're no huddle, you know, this is the formation. Um, and then after the play, that was the play, you know, and, and, and just write it how I say it. And that way, if, if I feel like there's a tendency thing that they're doing early or something like that, or if I'm not quite sure what they're doing, we'll do things like that. But really it's like, they're my stenographer. And um, just because I, I don't exactly like, I don't need him telling me that it was a trap unless I ask. And I don't need him telling me for sure that that was a bad call or that Johnny didn't make his block. Cause we're going to see it anyway. And so he just, if he sees Johnny didn't make his block, um, you know, he knows that he should write that in the note and he should flag it and then tell me at the end of the series, hey, Johnny didn't make his block on this. And then, well, not make his block. We're talking defense now, but didn't, didn't do what he was supposed to do. Um, and then we go look at it. So uh, I'm with you. Uh, it, it, we, I, I don't really get mad at my guys anymore though. Cause they don't, most of my guys upstairs and stuff have played for me now. So, they don't, they don't want to see me mad, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's also helpful. They have the lifetime fear. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm easily distracted and you know, so I go, I lose my mind sometimes when it's like, it's stuff like, I won't say what year, what team or anything, but there, there's a game that stands out in my mind where, you know, my guys in the booth are arguing about a, a pass interference call four plays after the call. <laughs> and I'm just like, shut up. Like, I hate, I like, because listen, I'm not a jerk, but in that, and when you're in the moment, 
and you're trying to get personnel and they're going fast and they're not giving you the personnel because they're turned into John Madden and Pat Summerall. Like <laughs> I, 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 I want to jump out of the window. And so it's just, it's that, that the chatter just drives me nuts. Um, unless it's specific instructions. I've even, I've gone so far. I haven't done it lately. Probably need to, but you know, we used to be really, um, distinct with our phrasing and like try to take out any, any loose words or extra words. We try to cut as much as possible just to, just to be to the point. All right. Last question from John Ely. John is from Springbrook High School in Silver Spring, Maryland. His Twitter handle is at J-M-E-L-I-E-0707. And his question, he says, first of all, love the show and tell mom to keep fighting. I'm, I'm on that. We're on that. Had a nice long talk with her today. She's, uh, she's fighting the good fight. Her chemo started. She's rolling. Her question, or sorry, not her question. John's question is, I'm wondering what would be the best place for me to start learning all the Saban coverage stuff. I've spent most of my time coaching D-line, so I need a ground-up class. Thanks, and keep the show. It's awesome. Thank you for the compliments. Okay, so here's what you need to do. First, you need to go to Matt Brophy's website, brophyfootball.blogspot.com. You need to find the cover three articles about uh, the Rip Liz stuff. Read that. Uh, James Light posted, has posted stuff on Twitter. There's not really one place that has all of it in one spot, um, A to Z, but I, I will, I'm going to be a, a shameless hack right now. I've done three podcasts. I think, uh, well, it'd be four because we cut one into two parts. I've covered Rip Liz versus two by two is the first episode of the deep dive on defense series that I did with USA football. You can find it on my website, www.coachvast.com slash podcast singular. You can find at the bottom. It has all the, all the uh, stuff that I did uh, curated on the playlist for USA football. So step one is listen to the first pod, the two by two versus uh or sorry, Rip Liz versus two by two, then go to the first episode of the Make Defense Great Again podcast, this podcast, and we talked about three by one. Then go back to the USA football and listen to Dante Barti, the man, the myth, the legend, take you through cover seven, uh, Saban's cover seven stuff, A to Z. Now, we've not talked about the cover two stuff. We've not talked about uh, the man match cover one stuff, which I'm sure Kyle and I will cover. I know that uh, Dante did a, a series for uh, I cut this because I don't remember what it was called, but uh, Dante did a cover three series where he takes you A to Z. Uh, there's some different resources. I think if you look up the USA football uh, cover three, if, if you're more of a visual person, cause some of this stuff, like, you know, obviously this is the format, but, uh, those guys used to transcribe a lot of the pods, and so um, it was written down there. And there's been some other people. I'm, I know I'm missing something somewhere. There's a couple people I'm thinking of that have written articles. And the other thing is, just go on Twitter and type in at James A. Light, and then whatever you want to know about Saban, because he takes you through a lot of. But a lot of that stuff is not like. Here's the basics of cover seven. This is everything. It'd be like, he'll talk about like one piece of it here, one piece of it there. And it's great stuff, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's Twitter and 
some of it's before the 240 character limit was expanded. So uh, that would be the place to start. Um, but I, I would start with the cover three stuff, the cover seven stuff. And then if you want to get into two deep zone stuff, you know, two squat, Kathy buster. And then if you want to get into the man free man match stuff, that stuff's a little bit more advanced. Um, but that that's where I would start, especially the cover seven stuff. Cause there's a bunch of different variations of it. And it kind of takes care of everything. So am I missing some Mason? Is there something you could think about that has that resource? <clears throat> well, I, no, I mean, the, I, the one thing I would say about any defensive resource is uh, start with um, Matt Brophy's, Brophy's web, Pro, Brophy? Brophy? Yeah, it's Brophy. Yeah, his, his website. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, a long time ago, I mean, I read something that you wrote there a long time ago. I mean, that guy has so much good stuff. Um, I know the videos that uh, you did with. Uh, uh, you had a bunch of dudes on when you were doing those, those, um, you know, Kyle was on there and, uh, um, uh you had, uh, uh, Chris King. I mean, they, they, there was some stuff when that Kyle would talk about on there and then, um, Dante, I mean, you kind of covered it all. Um, James, uh, it, I think Matt Brophy's website is where you start. <laughs> if you're just trying to learn defense, I mean, and then you're just going to go down all these different, tunnels uh of just learning football um because that 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 was so long ago but it's so good such good stuff on there yeah man uh it's um it's a good place to start and it's it was really the first place to really go for defense only that i can think of i mean there was the huey blog and stuff and i'm biased i mean i'm still technically i'm still a moderator <laughs> not a moderator an administrator on Brove's oh, site man. Yeah, I, me and a couple other guys. I'm a, uh, I'm an administrator for his Facebook group. I get these weird Brazilian model bots being like, "I want to join Brophy's <laughs> football." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." So it's a good place to start. The stuff you're referencing, I was like nine years ago. We did the Rip Liz article, and I've told the story in the pod. But I had the Dolphins playbook that was never supposed to see the light of day. I sent some shots to Brof. He had had this. Saban clinic where we talked about it and we kind of tried to piece it together. The rules were different at the time. So that is one caveat. I want to tell you with uh Brof site. Uh, I know, for example, in the old rip Liz, I don't know if I won't say original because I don't know when it, I mean, I know it was in the Browns, but I don't know what they were doing then. But in the dolphins version, they used to never, they didn't have a fast three rule. So if, let's picture two by two. Everybody goes vert in the back swings. Um, they used to leave the backer on the swing and then they put in fast three rules and then sometimes they take them out. Sometimes they leave them in. So just know if there's variation that it's both people are right. It's just an evolution. So anyway, so that's, that's a place to start. Well, Mason, I've kept you long enough. I'm an hour over what I said you were going to have to be here for. <laughs> we get rolling with all these good questions and I can't, I just can't help myself. So, uh, I thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. And, and before you go, uh, give us your uh, Twitter handle. It is uh, Mason, M-A-S-O-N underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. Awesome. Mason's one of the nicest guys in football and uh, really knowledgeable guy you can learn a lot from. If you have any odd front questions or really anything, but I know that's, 
he's he's an odd front guy and he likes to talk about that sort of stuff. I've learned some stuff from him. He sent me some things, um, which I certainly appreciate. I really, really appreciate you and your friendship. And if you want to talk football with him, he's always down to talk. And uh, he's there and I'm there. I'm at Coach Vass um, is my personal Twitter or at MDGA podcast is the show's Twitter, which is just me operating both. I just tried to keep church and state separate. So um, anyway, thanks again, Mason, and have a good night and good luck this weekend. Yeah, you too, Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Make Defense Great Again. Thank you to Mason for joining me. I know it's difficult this time of year at night. You got kids, you've been working all week. It's Thursday, you're ready for your game, trying to put everything together. And for uh, the coaches that have come on and will come on in the future, I really appreciate the sacrifice of the time. I've received a lot of messages. Coaches really enjoy the show and it's helped them. And I just wanted a place that for the coaches that did need help in season could come, share ideas, and uh, put our heads together to stop these communist offensive coaches. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week.